Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, this morning I was talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and who He is and how important it is that we pay attention to him because he has so much he wants to do in our lives. It's really impossible to be, it's impossible to be a successful Christian without really taking advantage of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It just can't be done. Amen. It's talking about the fact that uh, Jesus in his first advent when he came the first time, he came to redeem fallen humanity. And uh, he laid aside his mighty power and glory and took upon him uh, himself the form of a servant in human form. And as a man, he depended upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit that had come upon him. You remember when he came out of the, out of the river, the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And uh, he had the Spirit before then, but then he was filled with the Spirit at that point. And uh, then he began, began a very supernatural life. There was nothing supernatural about the life of Jesus uh, in the sense of miracles and uh, things like that, special manifestations of, of the Spirit. There, there wasn't any of that in his life before uh, he was baptized in the River Jordan and, and then was filled with the Spirit. And um, so he did what he did as a person filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he left and he commissioned his first followers to spread the word, to go out to tell everybody about him and, and to preach the good news. And then as people are born again, each one of us become one of those agents that are likewise commissioned to go out and preach the good news, to spread the good news. And we are to be filled with his spirit just like Jesus was. And look to him in everything in life because the Holy Spirit is there to help her, to, to, to be our helper, and to, to be everything to us and through us that, the, that Jesus was to, to his disciples when he was here in his flesh. It's important that people understand that as pertaining to his person, Jesus was and always will be in a class by himself. As pertaining to his person, who he was. But as it pertains to his ministry and his life in that sense, he is not in a class by himself. And that's where Christian people have missed it. They've, they've kept Jesus where he should be in a class by himself, no one else like him as a person. But then they've, they've also placed the kind of life that he lived and how he operated among men as in a class by itself, and no one could ever do what Jesus did. But Jesus said, the works 
that I do, you will do also. Well, he said it. I didn't say it. Do you think he meant what he said? When he said the works that I do, do you think they thought about, uh, you know, unseen things? Or did, when, they, when he said the works that I do, what do you think they thought? They thought about his miracle works. They thought, they thought about his, that, that uh, supernatural power that he walked in. The anointing of God and how he did. That's the, the things that he did as a result of the, of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Those are the things they were thinking of. That's what he meant by his works. He said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these. Greater works. Well, what could be greater than the works that Jesus did? Well, he never got anybody born again. Amen. Glory to God. So that's a greater work right there. But before we spend a lot of time guessing about what the greater works are, let's just focus on the works. Let's just get the works done. Then we'll talk about the greater works. Amen? So praise the Lord. In his, as pertaining to his earthly works, he is not in a class by himself. Amen. Now, this, the, the next thing that I wanted to talk to you, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time tonight because, you know, we've been here nearly an hour already, and, and that's wonderful. We're not in a hurry, but at the same time... Uh, uh, I want to continue on, and, and I don't want to go too far because I don't want to leave this, the morning Sunday morning crowd out. But this is so important. The Holy Spirit, we've talked about who He is. He's the third member of the Godhead. He, he is God. But we should always remember that He is the Holy Spirit. Just by our... Uh, knowing him by that name, the Holy Spirit, we become too familiar. We become too, that, the, 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 the name, the Holy Spirit becomes too familiar to us and we lose sight of the, the emphasis on his holiness. He is the Holy Spirit. And our awareness of his holiness should never uh, be far away from us. We should never let the significance of that escape our comprehension of him. He's holy. And his name emphasizes his holy character. He is the Holy Spirit. Holiness is his chief characteristic. Glory to God. And if we were more conscious of him, we would be more conscious of his holiness. And when we are less conscious of the Holy Spirit, we become less conscious of holiness in general. Because he came here as the helper that Jesus said it is absolutely necessary, essential for you, for us, that I go away. Because me being here, Jesus said, is, is standing in the way of the helper coming. So we know from what Jesus said, we know that it's critical that he come 
But let us also pair that, that knowledge with the understanding that it was important that the Holy Spirit come. Not just the Spirit, not just Him as a person, but that He would come in that characteristic and that character. It's important for us to have the mantle of holiness on us. Just like it was on the Lord Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life. Gabriel told Mary, he said, that holy thing that shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Jesus was, the Bible says he was holy. He was separate from sinners. He, he kept his life above reproach. Well, we know that he didn't have a fallen nature like we have. And so, aren't you thankful that, the Holy, that, that God in his word has made provision for us when we fail? That when we make a mistake, when we sin, when we miss the mark, when we fail to, uh, to achieve a walk with him or a... Or, or, we fail to, to walk in the ideal of the Christian person. We're so thankful that, the, that, that God is there, that he's faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us, to restore us in every way. And we don't have to go through life guilty about those things. But at the same time, the Spirit came to bring holiness. He came to bring holiness. And like I said, if we're conscious of his presence, we will be conscious of his holiness. If we're conscious of his presence, it will keep us. It will, it will be a guard. A, a, uh, 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 it will safeguard us in life as we go through life. If we're, if we're conscious of his presence, when you're conscious of the presence of God, you know this, you've experienced this. When, when his presence is real, when the presence of God is real, whether it's here at church or you're at home and your prayer time was talking before church with somebody and they were telling me about, you know, they were just in the presence of God, you know, uh, at home in the evening. And when, you, when you're like that, you're aware of his presence. It, it drives away the, any, I mean, it is a, a, a bork against the temptations of the flesh. Because the things of the flesh do not have, they only have appeal to us, the Bible says, when we are drawn away. Remember that in James? Every man is, is, is tempted when he is drawn away by his, drawn away from what? Drawn away from his sense of God's presence and sense of God's holiness. He's drawn away. Well, if we stay aware of the Spirit. Now, we don't worship the Holy Spirit in the way that we worship God the Father and God the Son because the Spirit came to point us to Jesus. And to point us to the Father. Jesus said he will not speak of himself, but what he hears that he will speak. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come uh, as an object of worship, though he is worthy because he's God. 
But that's just not his role. His role is not for us to be worshiping him. And Jesus was real clear about who we pray to. He said, you pray to the Father. In fact, he said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. We don't even pray to Jesus. We, we make our request to the Father. We don't make our request to Jesus. We don't make our request to the Holy Spirit. We make our request to the Father in the name of Jesus. And of course, when, when the Lord speaks to you, sometimes the Lord Jesus will minister to you because he is our Lord and he is our Savior. And you're, you'll be conscious that the Lord Jesus is speaking to you. There have been times in my life where, where the Lord has, has manifested, I'm talking about the Lord Jesus has manifested himself in such a way that, I mean, I knew he was right there in front of me. Now, I didn't see him, but his presence, you, you, you could take me with, you could, you could take and, and beat me with, with whips all day long, and I would, I would not give up. I would not relent and say, well, that wasn't the Lord Jesus. I know the Lord Jesus was right there. So you can talk to him, but I'm talking about praying to him in the sense of asking him. We ask the Father for things we need because the Father loves us. And Jesus wants us to have that relationship with the Father. So in the same sense, we don't pray to the Holy Spirit, but we can reverence his presence. And we should reverence his presence. And, and, it, and if we do, like I said, when we have a proper reverence of his presence, it makes us conscious of his holiness. And it, it lifts holiness. It lifts it into its right place to where it's, it's, it's not a... a uh, a legalistic thing. It's not a burden. It, holiness, when you're in God's holy presence, there is a sweetness to it. And, and, and uh, our spirits respond to that because we were created, born again in righteousness and true holiness. And like I said, when you get into that place, it, it, it keeps you from being drawn aside by your lust. Temptation comes when, when, when you're in God's presence, you, when a, a temptation doesn't, doesn't stand a chance. It really doesn't. I mean, you're just not interested. You're just not interested. I mean, the, the devil might bring something to your mind. It's like, I am not interested in that. You know what I'm talking about? Well, we can walk. That's, that's what uh, I was talking about when I first came up here. We can, when we have times in the presence of God like this, we need to entertain that. We don't need to. Y'all, I'll still talk to y'all. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Did more than one light go out? Just one? Just went really dark. Uh, praise the Lord. I'm not recording this tonight. I didn't. Can I take a little side journey? I didn't see this morning when Pastor Greg asked how many people have watched the videos of our services. I'm not talking about the Thursday uh, greetings that I've done on video, but, the, but we've, been, we've got the last month worth of Sunday morning service. Are you watching those? You're aware of those? Okay, okay. Just one of the people knew they were there. Uh, the, the, what I was talking about earlier was that we can, we can leave here and we can entertain 
the, the presence of God. And we, have, we have natural things to do, but very often it's, it's, it's very easy to get out of his presence. We have to entertain his presence. If you don't, if you don't entertain it, you, it'll slip away from you. And when, when that sense of his presence leaves, then you want to start getting involved in all kind of natural things. You know, you want to do this and do that and turn this on and turn that on and do this and, you know, think about this. And, and like I said, their natural things are, are necessary in this life, but we do a whole lot of stuff that, that isn't necessary. Amen. And, it, and it, it keeps us out of a walk with God that he wants us to have. And we need to have, like I said, we need to have that mantle of his holiness on us all the time. And, the, and you can't do, if you, if you try to do this without his presence, it becomes legalism. It becomes just rules and regulations and bondage and I don't do this and I don't do that and I have to do this and I have to do that. that it, it'll, it'll digress into that. But if you'll keep his presence, glory to God. When you go out of here in times like this, just when you drive home, just pray in the spirit, worship the Lord. Glory to God. I was talking to an old friend of mine uh, last year. I went to a, a, uh, an anniversary, or not an anniversary, but a reunion of uh, people from the church that I was raised up in until I was 14. We left there and started another, or that church uh, split and a new church was formed, and it, it was split with the blessing of the, of the pastor. And in fact, the pastor went with the new group, and the state overseer brought another pastor in, so you know, it, was, it was done right. But uh, the, the, the original church that my grandmother had helped found, there was a, a reunion of people that had been in, in that church, and, uh, and then there was also a reunion of, of the second church that started in 1967. Anyway, I was attending this reunion last year, and uh, there was a man there that was my age, maybe a year older than me, and uh, his, his father was one of those who would just, I mean, the Holy Ghost would come in, come on him in services, and he would get up and he would dance and dance in the, in the Holy Ghost and spin around in a circle. You've heard of Brother Hagen talking about the time he danced and his coattail was sticking out like this. That's what this man would do. I mean, he would spin around and it, it was just, he was just in the spirit. And, uh, you know, as teenagers, we didn't like that. That was embarrassing. I didn't want anybody, my friends, come to my church, you know, and see oh, if, if anybody ever showed up. I thought, oh, Lord, don't let Brother Ellington show off tonight. Just let him just sit there and be quiet. And, and uh and, and so I, I was sitting at the table with, with his son, Brother Ellington's son, and we were talking and, and uh, I said, I don't know if you've ever struggled with that. You know, your dad would get up and, and I mean, he'd just show off in church and show out, I'm against what I meant to say, just get up and dance in the spirit. It was in the Holy Ghost. After we got this man and me as young people, young adults, as, after we got back into fellowship, Lord, he was backslidden like I was after he started coming back to church after I did. Uh, his, his dad would still dance in the spirit. And all of us young men, you know, we'd all, we'd all laugh after church. Well, Brother Ellington, he sure got blessed tonight. And we kind of liked it, you know. We didn't want anything to do with it, but we liked it, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but when we were young, we didn't like it. And so I was talking to him. I said, I don't know how you ever felt about that, about your, about your father. 
And so I explained, I said, I just want you to know that what, what your dad had was real. And when I was young and when you, I don't know about you, but I'm, I suspect you were this way. It was embarrassing and we thought it was crazy and it was out of control and, and just didn't want anything to do with it. But I told him the experience that I had the first time I danced in the Holy Spirit, how, how I just, I was in a cloud of glory. And I, I was caught up in this cloud of glory and I was dancing and I couldn't see anything around me. Everybody in the building, you know, was disappeared from my view because I was in this cloud and and I didn't even intend to dance. I wasn't thinking about dancing. I just found myself dancing. And so when that lifted off of me, I, I kind of, you know, everybody, I could see everybody again. And I, and I just kind of thought, well, that, was, that was wonderful. <laughs> and so I was telling him this. I said, I just want you to know that that's real. If you ever thought, even at our age, you know, uh, in our 60s, if you ever thought, you know, that that was, was weird, that's the Holy Ghost. And he said to me, and this is what I didn't know, this is what I want to tell you. He said, after services like that, he said, we would get in the car and drive home. He said, my dad would worship and, and in the spirit and worship and praise God in other tongues. And we would drive home and he would be so filled with the spirit. I don't know how we got home. Because he would just, he would just, he would carry that out with him. And he said he just would worship and worship and worship and worship and worship God. Well, praise the Lord. That's, that's an important thing to, to latch hold of. Stay in the spirit as much as possible. I'm not saying that you'll have the full measure, you know, of manifestation that you will in church, but you can carry that, the aroma of his presence, that lingering effect of his presence, praise God. And when you do, it'll, it'll draw you up out of carnality and, and cause you to hunger for and value the holy life. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we, we talked about Ephesians 4 said that we talked about this morning that it said, do not grieve the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. And if He's grieved with us, as Paul said, do not grieve the Spirit. He was talking about grieving Him with our, with, with our conduct. If you read the context about, uh, that's in Ephesians 4.30, it's talking about, you know, being uh, having attitudes with one another, you know, and so forth, mistreating one another, talking about one another. He said, don't grieve the Spirit. These things grieve the Spirit. Well, if the Spirit's grieved, I think all of us would, would understand that we're not going to get what we need from Him. And it grieves Him because we're out of the Spirit. It grieves him, what we do grieves him, but he's also grieved because he can't have the, 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 the effect in our lives. He can't unveil the things to us he wants to when, when, when he's grieved. So let's practice holiness, not as, not as a religious thing, but awareness of his presence. Romans 1.4 talks about Jesus was raised from the dead uh, let's go over there and look at it. 
said that he was testified or acknowledged to be the son of God. This is Romans 1 verse number 3 says concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus was, was declared to be the son of God with power and we see it in his life. We see it in his life. Because of, of the power of God, those closest to him said, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. But he was also declared to be the son of God by the resurrection from the dead. I mean, that was, that was, that was proof positive. We... we now, I can't, I can't say for sure because the Bible doesn't tell us for sure. But I, I personally believe that the disciples didn't fully understand who Jesus really was. I mean, they, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But I'm not really sure they understood who he really was until he was raised from the dead. Jude... Um, uh, uh, Thomas, you know, said, well, I'm not going to believe until I see him. When he saw him, he said, my Lord and my God. They'd never called him God before. My Lord and my God. So the, the resurrection from the dead was the, was the final act that declared his divinity. But notice, right in among this is the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness isn't a, uh, what we in the old days would call a clothesline proposition. You know, Pentecostals will understand that. It's not how you dress, what you look like, uh, you know, where you go and where you don't go. The spirit of holiness is, is what we're talking about. God's presence and carrying that. We can do that. We can do that. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Holy Spirit is not only holy himself, but he will inevitably work a work of holiness in all who are truly submitted to him. If we are submitted to the Spirit, mindful of him, entertaining his presence, being careful not to grieve his presence. A, a work, an enduring work of holiness will be worked in us. Glory to God. And a real, a real true spirit of, spirit of holiness is not a religious spirit. It's not a condemning spirit. It's not a fault-finding spirit. Sinners were not condemned around the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't uncomfortable around him. They, they didn't see him as uh, someone who uh, lectured them. Sinners 
Sinners didn't consider Jesus to be holier than thou and self-righteous and like I said, condemning. Sinners gladly heard him. Talked about the woman that, that came behind him and washed his feet and with her tears and, 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 and her hair. And the religious people said, if this man was a prophet, surely he would know that this woman, you know, she was uh, evidently a prostitute, just a, a wicked woman. Surely he would know. But the, the spirit of holiness drew people. It drew people. It, God, when he's fully manifested, will draw people to him. He's not repulsive. It's religion that repulses people. It's self-righteousness, condemnation that repels people. But a true spirit of holiness will make you very, uh, it'll make you someone that, that sinners will seek you out privately when they need prayer. And, and, and they'll see something in our lives that they want reaches an area of their life and their heart that they might not even understand that's what the spirit of holiness does let's let's get that let's keep that amen at impact family church it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of god we have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.